All right, guys, welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. My name is Robbie Gustin, and I'm joined, as always, by James Fitzgerald. And today we are discussing part two of authenticity and fitness. How are you doing, James? I'm great. Thank you. I'm great. Um, I keep uh, thinking, you know, somewhere down the road, we'll, re- re- uh, we'll reveal a whole new episode of these uh, B-roll things we talked about that I was secretly recording. Um, and that'll be a whole, you know, 10-year-long episodes of uh, B-roll, fitness and philosophy, pre-podcast <clears throat> conversations. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's like the uh, the lost tapes or the B-sides. The lost tapes, thank you, yeah. <clears throat> I actually, I saved a, uh, a B-roll topic uh to ask you i i don't know if you have seen this it so we had talked about letter kenny before yes have you seen shorzy the, no. the show no okay so, you know you know who shorzy is you know who i'm referring to yes okay. so uh, jared kiso the guy who is the main guy in letter kenny the writer the producer the what have you uh they had a six episode miniseries that i think they're going to make into potentially a series with Shorzy and it's all about ice hockey. Um, <laughs> and uh, it is, oh, it is chef's guess of, uh, of a show. Like if, Le- yeah, I mean, it, I, you know, letter Kenny's pretty amazing, but I thought, you know, the ice hockey Canadian, like yeah, <laughs> thought, yeah, I'll uh, be digging it. I'll be digging it. It'll be, it could be a product. Uh, you know, it, I, I, maybe the show is indirectly now, uh, um, not a sponsor, but do you see how they just like blend into the, to the episodes as form of marketing, you know? So for, for us, maybe that's a product placement today is that show. Yeah. Sponsored by that movie. Right. Go check it out. First it was broccoli. Now it's Shorzy. Yeah. We're moving on up. Yep. And I do have an official uh, episode count for you. This is episode 44. Cool. So. Cool. Uh, 44 was one of my uh, first uh, jersey numbers in hockey. Uh, when you actually, when I actually was, I think, ironically, compared to hockey, uh, old enough to think about it and get a choice for it. I chose 44. Not really sure why at the time. Anyways, that was a cool number. Yeah, 44 is a great number. Congratulations to us. Yes. On our way to 50. You bet. You bet. Six more. Well, let's, let's, uh, what do you think the front end should be for, uh, this part two? Do you want to do some, uh, a little sum up of our discussions from last time to kind of start us off on the second half here today? Yeah, definitely. So, um, just to give kind of a sense of where we were with the last episode, um, we discussed a lot of the connection between philosophy and authenticity, a lot of the deeper issues surrounding that. And then we kind of started to touch on some of the fitness and authenticity questions. And today um, we were going to talk a lot more about the f- fitness and authenticity questions. And then, like you were saying at the end last time, James, um, try to come up with some practical tips for like how to be more authentic as a coach and more authentic as a client and how to improve the authenticity of the fitness collective and avoid inauthenticity and stuff like that. So some practical take home 
uh, tip. So just a, a brief review here, um, going back to some of the stuff we talked about, um, authenticity, when it refers to like an object or something like that, we're talking about like, what's the authorship? Is it an original? Is it originally you know made by a Da Vinci or Shakespeare or what have you? And then we talked about how that can get deeply confusing when it comes to a like on the one hand, we all know what it means, generally speaking, to be authentic. It means to kind of be true to ourselves. But at the same time, we are dynamic entities that shift over time. And like we talked about specifically with regard to CrossFit, both you and I and many others, that was something that we once, you know, deeply believed in and thought was kind of the maybe not necessarily the way the light and the truth, but something that was like, oh, this is a great movement that I believe in and then came to not to believe in that. So on the one hand, how do you at one point have these deeply held beliefs that represent who you authentically are? And then at a later date, those have um, changed, um, which leads to kind of another paradox that always comes up, which is with authenticity, which is on the one hand, um, you know, it's always us that does what we do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's always yeah. us, like it's mm -hmm. this brain, it's this body. And yet we all know that there are things that we engage in or that we do that don't represent our truest or our highest selves. And going back to a point that you made in uh, our autonomy podcast where, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's not binary with authenticity, right? It's not zero or one, it's, you know, zero to 10 and like, um, you know, doing Excel spreadsheets on the budget for your business isn't like your truest, most authentic, like what you want to be doing, but it also isn't like violating your principles either. And it's something you need to do to get to your, so, you know, it's maybe a 8.5 on the scale or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, so we, we have that question between the, um, um, what are the things that we engage in that reflect our highest values and deepest priorities and who we truly are and what are the activities we engage in that violate those um one thing that did come up in the interim um happened on a call with uh brandon and uh, kyle and clelia and uh, justin they do this kind of weekly uh coaches call and they were discussing authenticity and they invited me on just to kind of discuss some of the things that we've been um talking about and um one topic that came up was the liver king and you know he literally he just he had just released a uh a video saying you know peds question mark etched abs question mark what does any any of it matter you know just uh just be you you know and this this dance between this person who's trying to portray this kind of seemingly authentic primal lifestyle, but very clearly has had work done or is, you know, taking drugs of some sort. Um, so, you know, there's this, especially in the fitness realm, there's this question of, you know, what does it mean to be um, authentic? Does it just mean to believe what it is you say? Does it mean to be honest about what, methods you've adopted to get where you are you know like with supplements and things like that people be like oh well you know i just i took this creatine or i took you know this green smoothie or something like that and, and got these got these results and things like that so um yeah that was just a recent example i thought of that 
thought was interesting because he's now in, in the health and fitness realm. He's one of the, for better or worse, one of the bigger forces. But I think what rubs people the wrong way, aside from the hyperbole, is the fact that there is a deep amount of, or there seems to be a deep amount of inauthenticity. Even if he believes what it is he's saying, there's clearly something beneath the surface that's not reflective of what's truly going on, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's also a great indication of my points of uh, consistently questioning and being skeptical of like what fitness is today, what fitness authority is today. And <laughs> anyways, um, so he, he proves that point of fitness being, you know, gone. Um, but I also think about what, in, even in his perspective, for, with regards to authenticity, and maybe you need to clarify that with me and what he means by that, just be you. I think that's that does coincide with what we discussed on the dynamics of a human in what they currently know. You know, so what what you currently know and what you, you know, what you may believe to be your authentic self right now is, in your opinion, your authentic self, right? But but the thing is, is that and maybe maybe there's a lot of people at a younger age you know or let's just say just in comparatively when they're 22 relative to when they're 40 you know um they really thought at 22 that they were their authentic self so i'm just trying to think about the liver king you know making that mention of it yeah i mean you can only you can only you know just be you yeah you they are relative to but it's relative to what they know right so if you're an 18 year old you know, well, what do you know? Well, you know, you know what you know up until 18, but you don't know a lot of other things, right? So it's, so is that, so this is where I get, I guess I, I uh, got a little, um, it's good because it makes me just think about, you know, individualism. It makes me think about existence, you know, it makes me think about potential of people for a lifetime, but maybe I'm indirectly asking the question here on, did we discuss it last time and can it connect to this time of authenticity along the way? <laughs> you know, like there's a timeline to that uh, for people and experiences. Yeah. I mean, we briefly discussed that and I, I've since thought a lot more about that. That was a, that was a topic that, yeah, was a topic of conversation and thought for me. I personally believe, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have this discussion um, further. I think, it is uh, a very legitimate question for, um, you know, an 18-year-old or 20-year-old or what have you to ask themselves, am I being authentically myself? Uh, and I think it's something that can change over time. And I, I mean, I agree with you that as you get more experiences, you generally get to know yourself better. But I think for a human, there's always this element of, asking yourself throughout your life of um, to what extent am I currently most in line with my deepest um, beliefs and values and ways that I see the world. So me asking myself at, uh, I don't know, what was it? 23, you know, do I want to go to philosophy grad school? You know, is this, is this most in line with who I authentically am? And at the time, yeah, that was, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then that, that shifts up and changes um, but you're right over time, um, over time, it can change and 
you know, it depends on the person, but is that person gaining more self-knowledge as time goes on? That, that, that could be one perspective. Another one that I'm sure you've experienced and seen with people. And I know I've seen with people, sometimes things get more calcified and there's less self-knowledge. So, um, so yeah, those are some of my initial thoughts there. Yeah. So as you're saying it, it is repetitive of what we discussed last time. Cause I think you talked about uh, the word calcification of things getting just stuck. Right. And I think what I landed on was just a great reminder uh, of the principles that I, that I believe in, uh, which is, uh, you know, that maybe the, the act of life is, is uh, taken, I'm taking this from Seneca's words, but it, it could be just to know, you know, like it's, knowledge is a really important thing but what that means in a sh- in short order is that you know maybe you'll never truly find your authentic self but that's okay because it's it's the it's the process of just trying to refine and reinvent and keep learning right because if you're always open to new things relative to the culture you know for example you know, maybe you were 40 years of old in 1940, right? And you had this specific specific perception on skin color, right? And now all of a sudden you're 65 years of age and it's 1965. You see what I'm saying in America, right? Like that, that is a fundamental shift at 65, right? But you're 65. You could, you could at that point in time, like within a couple of weeks, actually change your, your version of your authentic self. You see what I'm saying? Even at 65. Why? Because there's numerous factors. My whole point being is that, you know, keep just being open. My principles that I believe in is just keep being open to learn, right? Being open to more knowledge, being open to asking hard questions and et cetera. Does that make us not land on a possibility of really finding a, a true, absolute, authentic self? Maybe. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I think that possibility or that, that jig may have been up just to begin with, whether, you know, whether you talk about it from a Buddhist perspective or from a, just even human dynamics perspective, I I think it's always, I mean, there, there's certainly some people in philosophy that will take the essentialist perspective, right? That you're just, you know, there's, there's Robbie underneath the marble Mm -hmm. and life is just chipping away at, you know, who Robbie is. Yeah. <clears throat> and that that very well may be true, but I think um, there's that dynamic element of who you are changes throughout life and what you believe and um, what you know gets refined as you have more and more experiences, not necessarily in the sense of there being like one essentialist self that you're like carving away as you chisel, but in the sense of like, relative to what I know and who I am uh, at this moment, am I living in accordance with what I believe? And I think, you know, I think we talked about this on the knowledge podcast too, like it's always finite. Like our knowledge is always finite. Our experience is always finite. And like, (laughs) we're talking like extraordinarily finite. Like Mm. we have such limited data and info. Um, the point where even the most well-lived life is still going to be just a blip of a blip of a blip um you know it's always asking ourselves relative to like that that web of belief that you currently have and that deep-seated you know set of values are you living in accordance with that Mm. um whatever that may end up being at that time got it yeah 
No, that certainly helps. Um, yeah. And in regards to, uh, yeah, I, it just makes me think about a number of other things of like, you know, cognitive repertoires or people's, you know, actual, you know, pieces that they have in place to like get them to that chipping away over a period of time. Uh, the environment, the culture, you know, like a lot of things that uh, that kind of are, are are there that may not allow or may allow people to uh, to get to their authentic self. Yeah, and I think another thing that we talked about last time that I think is relevant is this question of like, um, is being authentic solely an internal endeavor? Meaning like, just because you believe it, therefore you're being authentic or is it something where like externally there's some component of well this person says they believe it but you can you can very clearly see do you know what i mean like you can yeah. see yeah as clear as day so it you know i think a lot of what we commonly think of as the common conception of authenticity is like oh well, if the person believes it um you know therefore they're being authentic or true to themselves and you know there's certainly an element to that but i think there's also some sort of interesting external element like i I don't know. I mean, you could go back and forth, I guess, who will ever know with the liver King or other people, but like, I kind of think the liver King buys his own BS. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mm -hmm. actually think it's an act. I know, I know there are people who, who do put on an act. I, I do think he actually like believes it and okay. Um, but then there's this deeper question of like, well, but we all know that something is the miss or, you know, awry in the background. So this question of, is authenticity solely a matter of the individual thinking themselves to be authentic or does it also require some sort of match between, you know, how the person perceives themselves and how others perceive them? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the, how others perceive them, I think that's where it, uh, yeah, that's where it, that's where it gets uh, gray, I guess you could say. Cause yeah, I, I don't know. I was trying to think of other characters <laughs> who uh, Alex Jones or uh, Steve Bannon, you know, like I'm sure there's people that could, you know, and I'm just putting in that line. I don't know why I thought of those two with the liver King, but <laughs> there you go. You're clumped together. Um, but they, they can also come off like that. Like it's, you know, and to your point, but we over here know that there's something wrong there. But you see what I'm saying is like, but they could still be being their authentic self, right? So that's where it comes into the, but when you're talking about the majority of others and their perception of what they're saying and what's coming out of their mouth, then now it gets into this like, well, are you being your authentic self? Well, I don't think you're being your authentic self because I don't agree with what you're thinking, <laughs> you know, or I don't agree with what you're saying. So that that's where it gets uh, gray for me as an example. You know, yeah, they could that. be they could be being authentic relative to you know what they think is them. Like this is my deep seated beliefs, right? Um, yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. I mean, maybe, maybe a better way to language it, and you know, again, going back to the philosophy appearance versus reality distinction. You know, maybe not saying other people's perceptions, but what is actually the case? And you know, some people will push back on that and say, well, what's what what is the case besides what people think about it? And yeah. like, okay, well. There, there are reasons, there are things we can like latch onto in the world that we can see, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of, uh, 
you know. Um, well, I don't know if it's the right line of thinking or it's too triggered for people, but uh, the election ballots and the election numbers and the election scores. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like, you know, there's people like, oh, but there's all this, you know, there's confusion and there's yeah, it, it happens. But there's actual data on the numbers. Right. So even if no matter where you sit on the side of the fence there, there's still it, you both have to agree that there still is true election scores and those numbers. And then if you even look at those, I wouldn't be too excited about you you being off by a few thousand few thousand votes, right? Um, so I, you know, so to your point, I think that's where yeah. you can like dig in. There actually is, you know, uh, numbers and data, and it's probably not a good one because people are like, oh, the whole thing is, you know. So depending upon where they come from, it could be could be challenging to propose that as a something we could latch onto using your words. But I mean, even I mean, but I mean, I do think that's a good example. But one even connecting to kind of you know our our realm of things is physical fitness. Someone yeah. authentically thinks they are the that's... top top athlete, right? And it's like, okay, well, okay, you get up there and you do two pull ups. Like, okay, congrats on doing the two pull ups. But like, objectively, not my opinion, not your opinion. Like, yeah, that's not the top athlete yeah. in the world. That's yeah, not, that's not the best. The best. Like, yeah, reality that's... Facts in face. that's such a good one. So easy. <laughs> I was making it too complex. No, but I, I thought that was a good example too. And it's just, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it hints at this notion of like, and I, I agree with you, it does get potentially complicated or cloudy, but I, I do think it's, it's a, it's a good question with regard to authenticity of like, just for everyone to keep in the back of their mind. Is it just that you believe it hard enough internally or is there something deeply inauthentic about maintaining that belief in the face of contrary evidence? Now you're right? now you're in my neck of the woods. <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's what that's all I see. You know, that's all I see. So that that's where, especially in my world of fitness. Um, and doesn't it also prove our point that you know we do want to uh, strengthen people to keep being more critical thinkers on their own version of that because of how prevalent that is, right? Especially in the fitness universe, right? And we know that is that is true because what what is promoted, you know, so much today? Oh, just be your authentic self. Like it's everywhere. It's in, it's in different language. It's it's, you know, et cetera, which it's kind of uh it's kind of interesting, Robbie, um, that why is it why is it pushed so hard it's not like the top of the order but it is pushed really hard um why at this period of time that's another question i guess maybe maybe we could pose it inside of our uh authenticity and fitness and fitness coaching aspect you know but why is it so prevalent today is it really just because um you know uh there's something to be gained by by making everyone discuss that is it the you know um like we just talked about on our live a larger life uh show yesterday is it that kind of um transformation that we saw in body positivity from the 60s and 70s to current today right where you know body positivity had some great roots in it for its intentions and then now it's like do you see what I'm saying? It's like celebrated in a 
in a really coercive, unhealthy manner. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm seeing the, am I seeing it that, or are you, you seeing it that way? Or I, I see authenticity being, being jammed, you know, with those historical notions of authenticity being really good, right? Great intentions. But now it's like, oh yeah, no, you know, be your authentic self. Oh, well, well, what do I do to be that? Oh, you just got to sign up for this email list and make sure you're on social media. And like, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think authenticity in a lot of ways, or at least the concept as we discussed it today did have its roots in a lot of well-intentioned things and discussions. Um, but yeah, I do think in some conversations it's, it's been, uh, you know, hijacked. I mean, in, in other conversations, it relates to things like, you know, the notion of autonomy that we've, we've talked about, like, think for yourself, uh, don't just do what your parents taught you to do, or what your society taught you to do, like, be true to who, um, be true to who you are. Um, but yeah, I, I do think in certain conversations um, that can get hijacked. And I, I think I think generally one of the things that can kind of go down, like we were talking about, is that authenticity gets so reduced to like, do you believe it? Do you believe it so strongly? And like, that's that's good. That's good. Like, mm -hmm. but like Aristotle with moderation, we, we always got to hang on to like, what, what's the pullback? Like, mm -hmm. no, you believing something come what may is not that is not being authentic anymore. Like that's deeply, that's deeply inauthentic. What's that? Sorry. Yeah. You're stuck now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course that, that has to be dot, dot. I mean, there, there's the virtuous come what may, and, and this is where the appearance reality distinction becomes crucial, right? You know, virtuous come what may, where like the come what may isn't sufficient and it, it just doesn't, you know, do the trick and it, it doesn't mm -hmm. stand up to the test. And then there's the, uh, you know, dude that professes he's Rick Froning after doing two strict pull-ups. It's like, mm -hmm. no, no, <laughs> objectively, like, no, yeah. uh, sorry. Yeah. How uh, many people do you want showing up saying no to show you, right? Or to say it or, you know. Yeah. Like experience says it, like no, no one even needs to utter anything. Like yeah. Yeah. and you as a person are um, being deeply inauthentic because you are not recognizing the reality of what's what's going on. Yeah. Is that, po is that possible now in addition to the concept of growth for people being their authentic self is that it can't help, it can't happen, you know, in their own little world with their own thoughts. Like they gotta, they gotta go out and like, you know, venture and, and, uh, and take their uh, psychology and emotions and physicality and like go out there and do things. You know, you, you got to get out there, right? I was just trying to think of this simple example of the person who thinks they're the fittest in the world with only two pull-ups, right? There, I'm, I'm sure there's more than a more than a dozen people that actually think that, yeah. right? And so, how how are they going to actually improve on their authentic self if they if this avatar of an individual is listening in, right, and can see it compared to other things? The only way you're going to know of your growth of if it's really authentic to you and to what you know about yourself um is you got to stretch you got to stretch your wings i don't know any other way to say it like you got to get out there right you gotta you gotta attend meetings on challenging conversation you know um 
So maybe maybe that I just I just had one the other day a really uh, really great meeting uh, a local pastor who presented at uh, I'm part of uh, the American uh, American Education of Institutions out of ASU and um, the conversation was you'd really enjoy it it was 90 minutes on uh, on um, is uh, religion and modernity compatible. That was the starting point. And then there was two major questions inside, which the group had to discuss. Um, is religious uh, orthodoxy, um, you know, diminishing today? And uh, secondly, do you need religion for a well-ordered society? So two really big questions, but um, as you can imagine. Anyways, my whole point being is that, you know, like I am actually a different person in terms of my authentic self, right, than I was five days ago all because I stretched my wings to like, you know what I'm saying? So right. hope people are picking up on that, that, that take the, the person with the two pull-ups, right? The only way you're going to know, right? Is this me? Is this really my, my thing, right? That I'm, I have, I'm like stuck on. So I don't get to use your word calcified. You got to You got to stretch your wings. You got to reach out and, uh, and read books and uh, challenge your ideas and, and of course, in my neck of the woods, you know, I would love it if you kept persisting on your physical challenges. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, going back to something we discussed with the truth episode, like truth survives the crucible. Yeah. Authenticity survives the crucible. Like if this is really who you are, yes, it will survive challenges. Yes. And if it blows over in the wind, then it's not. Yeah. And the only way you can find that out is to um, put it in the grinder. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the meat grinder and see what comes out the other side. You know, yeah. Do you, uh, do you collapse in the face of pickleball counter arguments? <laughs> like, you know, pickleball enthusiasts, are you, uh, are you ready? Do you for... pull your car over when you see an e-bike going too fast? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the pickleball enthusiasts, if they're faced with the counter arguments that we discussed, uh, do they just uh, collapse and wither? probably in which case yeah no authenticity in pickleball so <laughs> they turn their ankle or pull an achilles um i don't i don't think that's possible when you're standing in place oh <laughs> uh, don't start don't start okay but, be your yes, be, I... be your mad be your masterful self and uh uh connect this into um fitness and authenticity and fitness coaching and authenticity and um okay so we here's, did, here's we did the, there is some segues there so we've already oh yeah definitely the appetite definitely. yeah yeah so here's here's the connecting piece uh i i think so um authenticity with respect to different things that i think we're all familiar with whether it's self-relationships or profession and i think that goes with like how you engage with fitness authentically society fitness collective so um you know, when we ask ourselves, are we being authentic to ourselves? We're asking things like, do we routinely betray ourselves? Do we routinely um, act not in accordance with what we truly believe? And for the fitness coach and for, you know, uh, this, this is obviously a very real thing. Am I going against what I believe because I want to make money or because I want to, you know, uh, have a bunch of followers or something like that? Um, you know, in your, uh, relationships, um, do you, you know, 
constantly try to people please or um, agree with those you are discussing things with, even if you don't agree, again, both the fitness client and coach um, perspective. And then a big one that a lot of people deal with today is like the profession, right? Like, is this, you know, is this what you um, believe in what you want to do? Um, so I guess the, maybe a, I'm trying to decide whether, I mean, there are a few different ways we can kind of tackle things. Well, I do, uh, want to, I do want to, uh, actually, I hope we do get to that. I don't know if we want to start there, but just to your point, uh, uh, I still, I see, I see, um, it's helpful because it's just repetitive, but I still see the same things in place that are the challenges within fitness coaching, right? Where you, you do require, you know, you do require experience, right? Cause it, for example, you know, as you were saying though, that I was thinking, you know, when I didn't know anything about fitness business, you know, I was 23. I thought that the decisions I was making was my authentic self fitness business decisions, you know? So it's like, well, there's just, but the thing that I could, if I go back in time and replay it, you know, um, it would have been nice to hear this, right. What I'm talking about, meaning like, okay, I know you're, you think you're being your authentic self. Um, but, uh, but keep, keep doing what you think is right. But just remember there, there is opportunity for a, for dynamics and change and like seeing this whole thing differently. And so, the, uh, you know, that's what I was thinking about as you were saying, fitness coaching and being authentic, especially when you talk about uh, sales and et cetera. Because I wrote down there the, 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 the thing with coaching authenticity that I think is, uh, was challenging for me anyways, and it could be challenging for people that are listening in, is that you know, you got to be, you got to be open to change. Cause once, once you know new things, right. If you, if you try to unknow those new things, or if you try to, you know, you're being inauthentic, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so you gotta be, again, you gotta be open to something different and something that's more effective and, and something that's a uh, quote unquote efficient, all with the, with the whole project in mind of making people more vital. And, uh, and I think you'll, you know, you'll be okay with it. And I think you'll move through these periods of, you know, authenticity and inauthenticity, you know, it's just, it's just because you're, you're along for the ride and learning. That's what I think about right away for the coaching and authenticity. But I did, I did have down from your order of things with regards to the overarching, you know, what is authentic fitness? I did have a particular, you know, uh, wording and answer for that. If you wanted to hit that, or if you have something yeah. you want, no, to yeah, let's, let's start with that. Yeah. Cause the, okay. yeah, one of the first questions I had there is what, what is authentic fitness? Yeah. Okay. That's and, awesome. and so let's circle back on the coaching and authenticity yeah. piece because man, there's so much in that, you know, of, uh, of the, the timelines and then education and competency and et cetera, to get to the point where you could like, no, I really, really do believe in this product. And I really do think it's going to help you. And I, you know, using the word really, I really do. So, which means you're being your authentic self and your belief based upon that being helpful for people. And then I'm always going to come in to argue, well, <laughs> you know, what is your definition of success for the whole thing? And now that may change up what you know, right? What you know for the person and what you know for the responsibilities and relationship, et cetera. 
But I had down for authentic fitness, uh, the wording, the required movement, the required movement and work done in ancient times to build families and cities and possibly defend. That's what I had down as the as my what came to my mind for a, for an authentic version of fitness. So it, it said another way. It, fitness was authentic when it wasn't a current tool like it is in modern times to fix things. So that in my mind was authentic. Uh, authentic fitness would be when we didn't even know that we were doing physical challenges that helped us in quote unquote reproduction and survival and, and the progression of uh, what we needed to take care of. And there was a, you know, in the blip of time of, you know, 250,000 years, it's like a very short amount of time. You know, there's a bunch of things that, that change that. Uh, right. Agriculture, you know, uh, industry, technologies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and that, in my opinion, just for the, the global perspective, I think that's when it became inauthentic um, in the concept of it. So now on that, because you'd placed up there uh, patterns and paces, I think now in that language, patterns and paces would be seen as a as a modern uh, uh, concept, right? A modern concept that ties into the traditional authentic version of fitness. Do you see what I'm saying? So on yeah. the outset, is it is it inauthentic? It can be seen that way, right? It can be seen that way, depending upon how you're defining uh, authentic fitness. So what's your, what do you think is uh, your concept of authentic fitness? And does that, does that fall in line with mine? It's a good question. I mean, it's it's something I've I've thought a bit about. Um, I guess just to clarify, just because it, it'll help me, you know, kind of share my views a bit more clearly. One thing I do wonder about there, and that, that I was thinking about is, in your mind, according to that definition, um, you know, humanity didn't necessarily have to reach this point of being like you know, agriculture and technology and stuff, but we, but we did in fact reach mm -hmm. it, at, you know, assuming technological progress, it was, you know, and not an, an asteroid, not wiping us out. It was presumably going to happen. Does that mean in your mind by default, now that we know what fitness is and we think about it rather than just doing it because it's part of what's necessary to exist, there just henceforth cannot be any form of truly authentic fitness. Like once we've reached that kind of consciousness so like we, we we've we've stepped out of the garden of eden uh we've bitten from the tree of knowledge and like it's all just inauthentic from here on out and just different variations of that is that am i hearing that correctly yeah and i i would i would say there's a for the for the general population yes uh from here on out uh but there's yeah. a small there's a small few i think that again are you know i just tried to think about the uh i don't know why i thought about it but the uh the person living off the grid, you know, building a log home, you know, so, and they don't even know what fitness practice means, right? They're so far removed from it. So let's take some iterations of that person, right? Maybe it's a farmer, maybe it's, uh, it's uh, individuals that don't even, you know, people are visiting, you know, the, the, the polo shirt kinesiologists are visiting, 
oh, I want to set you up with a thing to measure your total output and your, I want to see, you know, what do you do for fitness? And they're like, fitness? What do you mean fitness? So I think there's a very, very small population today uh, that would still be involved in that project of, you know, what we would define as authentic fitness. But in the way I'm looking at it, I think it's it's uh, inauthentic in how we're languaging, in how I language it. Yeah. And I guess a further thought, follow-up question I have there, is it just, um, and this could be the case, it's just a, a potential concern or a worry. Um, does that mean that insofar as anyone gains like self-awareness or knowledge of like what it is they're doing fitness-wise, like it's almost like, uh, again, Garden of Eden or like Innocence Lost, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, like as soon as that farmer or what have you like mm -hmm. comes to be aware of like, oh, mm -hmm. maybe I want to work on my bicep a bit more, like, uh, you know, pulling a bit more or something like that. Uh, as soon as they do that for any other reason, besides the fact that they didn't know what they were doing and they did it because they needed to, they, they've, they've kind of innocence has been lost. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I would, uh, that would be a, a beautiful long-term vision for me uh, for a number of people to like get struck with that, you know, uh bolt of like uh, my, in my language move because you can and move because it's for you. You know, I, I would love that. And I think, yes, at that point in time, if people do look at it, that, you know, I'll just give you the example, someone's 33 and they're like, holy cow, you know, they're like, these are just, this, this this barbell is a modern technological thing, you know, for me to use and uh, and for me to physically challenge myself, but it's what's available. I think, yes, at that point in time, uh, that person is tiptoeing into uh, authenticity and fitness for themselves. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. okay. So yeah, that, that that's, that's where I need clarity. Because initially I thought we were saying something like as soon as someone... Um becomes aware of it or out, you know innocence lost or out of the garden of eden where they're like oh i'm now i'm now doing this not because i need to but because so i guess they're they're if i'm understanding you correctly there are two potential ways to be authentic in, in fitness one is just the historical stuff pre let's say 150 years ago mm -hmm. that's yeah. one way yeah but, but then the other way that can even happen today is the move because you can't move because it's for you yes yeah. Okay, that's that's what yeah, that's why I was asking earlier about like, is any form of physical expression, given the fact that we were all born after the invention of modern lighting and barbells and we don't need to farm anymore, like that's just a pure sheer fact of luck that you and I were born at that time. Like, are we just doomed to an authentic physical expression? Yeah. Um, what I initially heard you to be saying uh, was something like yes, um, yeah. but you were saying well potentially that could shift. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think it'll be, you know, inauthentic for a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, there is the, there is the, cause you brought up the word awareness and I just immediately think of the aha moment when people recognize they're doing it because they're capable of doing it and because it's for them and there'll be, there'll be some. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, that ties in a bit more closely um, to what I think of when I think of authenticity and fitness is, um, you know, connecting with your deepest values, your truest self, you know, um, things it's not, you know, like we've talked about, it's not showing off on 
Instagram or you do know what I mean? Like things that are blatantly trying to, you know, garner attention or views or, you know, purchases of, you know, whatever accessory or ebook or what have you. Um, those are things that are inauthentic. Um, yeah. And then I think there's, yeah, there's that sense of authenticity. And then there's kind of the, <clears throat> what you were talking about, authenticity in the sense almost like kind of what we were talking about with like an artifact or an object of like what is for the human organism what was the form of physical expression that was engaged in for uh, long periods of time um and even that one's super interesting too right because yeah. what about farming do you know what yeah. i mean like we we, we yeah. say farming but farming's a micro blip too yeah born out of a completely different uh mode of civilization that's yeah well it requires yeah it does require you know, a lengthier conversation yeah. uh, of, of like this continuum of, you know, physical label labor relative to what you're describing as farming. Right. I, I was just thinking of the, <laughs> the person who's like actually doing physical labor on this small piece of land for 12 hours a day, you know, right. that's, what, that's what I was, you know, I wasn't thinking of the, the conceptual framework of this 10,000 years of agricultural change with farming. Yeah, no, no, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I told you, but it's just, yeah, it's an interesting thing because, like, that itself is, it's deeply unnatural, right, yeah. relative to, like, how humans evolved and, like, we weren't, you know, uh, tilling the land for... Yeah, you mean, the, you mean the domestic, the hunter-gatherer to domestication and, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so I just, that that's just, that's just something that, um, it's just something that pops in my mind and... um yeah, it yeah. goes back to a kind of a conversation I think we had with evolution too about like we weren't always throwing spears. Mm -hmm. we, weren't, we weren't always, you know, wielding swords. And yeah, so I just it it makes me wonder to what extent um that that stuff starts to change. But I but I do I do think one common thread that does unite those um you know, authentic aspects of how humans uh, did utilize fitness for that entire time, whether we're talking agriculture before is like you were saying, like a, a need to. Yeah. And yeah. A, a, a need to. And then the question is what happens when technology and humanity progresses in such a way as to the, the precise desire is to remove that need, right? Like agriculture is a desire to remove the need to, yes. hunt and to, you know, to yes. have food security. So like, you're progressively moving towards it and then you, uh, you know, kind of pull the rug out from under yourself, so to speak, when it comes to your own physical fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, uh, the, the language that I use, um, of we used, we used to need to move and now we don't need to move. And so we're, we're left with this like, well, okay, well, what do we do? What do we do about that? Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think there are two different senses of authentic. One is, one is the con, I mean, and they're related, but one is the conversation around just like, I saw this really interesting chart the other day about like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like it, but it was like the different sleep patterns of like 40 different animals. No. Nope. Okay. So I was talking about, you know, elephants take, I don't know, five, uh, like a five percent of their day to sleep and humans it's 33%. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm aware of the rhythms of, uh, yeah animal sleep but so but yeah so i mean there's there's this one question of authenticity that relates to just pure descriptive fact scientific investigation 
what was the mode of physical endeavor that humans engaged in for their entire biological history? That's, that's one sense of authentic. And then there's kind of the more modern recent sense of authentic that we're discussing, which is more, um, what are your intentions within, within physical activity today, given the fact that we don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. As you were saying that, I also thought about just how much, you know, since, for example, I was just listening to this information on the Roman Empire in in the in northern England um, in the year 368. This morning, I was watching a little bit, and I was just thinking, I was trying to think about like what what they knew at that time, right? They thought, you know, they thought that maybe uh, you know leprosy or or micro trauma was was a spiritual issue you know like that like it, you know what i'm saying so that, that's my my point on it as well is over time i just think about just how much our brain and awareness and and things that we know right especially post uh science or the enlightenment or scientific revelations or the birth of that i mean our whole concept of what we define as authenticity of of what we know to be true about ourselves is like is a tremendous change i'm not sure if you picking up picked up on anything that that uh, was connected to your last point there but that's what i was thinking about as well just over time how you know the definition of that is is so different yeah i mean it makes me it makes me think of something that i've been thinking about and trying to like work through related to what you were saying about authentic fitness and i'm not you know this is where sometimes philosophy leaves us more questions to ponder than answers. But um, typically, like we were just saying, like the more one experiences and the more one knows things about the world, one becomes more authentic in what one is doing. Would, would you say like that, yeah. that kind of takes you through the, the iron and the crucible of, as I said, spread your wings or go out there. And, right. Exactly. You know, out, yeah. So I guess one of my, my worries or my concerns or my thoughts or my questions about, um, you know, when we come to, um, like with regard to fitness and the authentic biological version, it's this innocence lost idea. It's like, as soon as we come to recognize that, uh, you know, um, or we, as soon as we come to understand it and explore it and do science about it and like try to develop ways to do that better, um, it seems like that pulls us away from authenticity in that, in that conception. So that's, that's something I wonder about. And I also wonder about, I think I mentioned this at one point before, and it's just, it's just something I've pondered, um, in, in existentialism, <laughs> there's this notion that I, I think you would appreciate, you know, cause of our discussion about the folly and the absurd, like the most authentic way to live is to you know, recognize that life is absurd and yet still, you know, myth of Sisyphus and yet to, to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, is it possible? Is it possible? And <laughs> I'm waiting for the zoom call to like explode in my face and like send me over the ledge here, but is it possible that the truest, most authentic form of physical fitness we've ever engaged in has been when we no longer needed to do it and we did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to be launched after that. 
Yeah, I, no, I mean, no. I'm only half jokingly asking that question. That, no. that is, like, I legitimately wonder. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I think, I think I had that same little thought. I can't put it in the words through the patterns and paces, uh, thought process. Right. So it is a, it's just the thing that we do, and and I think that's what I was questioning as well. Right. In my mind is like, is it the, is it the most authentic version, right? Because it is today, it is 2022 and this is what we have available to us. So yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm with you on the challenges that are proposed inside of that thought process. Yeah. And just to clarify, I don't mean just like most authentic in the sense of like the best we can do given where we are. I mean, yeah. almost further, like now that we no longer need to do it, but we are choosing to do it anyway. Is there an even deeper authenticity in that? Right. Because we're choosing that, right. Yeah. As a path. And it's a, it's a learned experience, right. We looked around, we're like, okay, you know, as you said, you know, you went through the trials and you're trying to figure thing out and you've got the awareness and you're okay with recognizing this is where we are. And so, yeah, if you're now choosing to do that, is that your most authentic self? I, uh, I'm not going to answer with a resounding yes, but I, I, I do love the questioning of it. Yeah. 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 It's just something, something that made me think, I think another thing that, um, might, might be related here that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is, um, you know, how do you feel like, um, fitness can help an individual, you know, we've talked about how fitness can help an individual be more autonomous in their life and things like that. Yeah. Can I, can I, before you get to that question, because I actually have an answer for it and you can format it in the same way coming up, but Um, It's just because we talked about it the other day with regards to, um, and it it put it into two, you know, demarcated areas. So I apologize if, if you don't take that, you know, hook and, uh, and want to go, you know, with the belief of that direction, but something that came up in the conversation of the religion and modernity and compatibility uh, was this concept of uh original sin uh being you know you're you're born a wretch you know i'm just using terminology for it right um and and what the the uh chris salami was his name what he had very admirably proposed was this concept of not only individualism but hyper individualism getting in the way of that so when i hear individualism right of course i'm always you know, want to scream at the top of my lungs of, of like, yeah, like try to find your authentic self, right? Try, try to be autonomous, like try to, to bootstrap this thing yourself, go and learn and like, try to develop yourself. Right. And, and in this particular conversation, he was, he was heavy on being anti-individualism. Cause when you said earlier, you know, the values that you truly believe in, what happens if there's a majority of people around us and their some of their deepest values is love thy neighbor, don't be selfish. So does that fall into some real challenging camps with regards to being authentic? I think it can. Yeah, I think it can. I mean, one one value that relates to what you were talking about in particular with religion and modernity, I, I think this goes back to this notion of like exactly what we were discussing earlier about like 
just because someone deeply believes in a certain value by by itself, that may not be sufficient for authenticity. There needs to be this deeper question of really, is that truly authentic? So to take an example from the religion, I mean, the, you know, the love thy neighbor and the, you know, uh, th those are good examples, but like a, a, a famous one that I think highlights religion versus modernity, religion and, and philosophy that I think gets to this notion of authenticity is this notion of, um, you know, in philosophy and modernity, like follow the truth where it may lead. <laughs> if that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying all religions are like this and they're, you know, obviously degrees and more or less, but you know, anyone who studies the history of religion has to admit there's this deep seated notion of thou shalt not go here in this particular line of questioning or you're a heretic or, you know, or, you know, uh, how dare you think that, or that that's, that's not right. And that, now you might say, you know, to your question, what if someone deeply believes that? What if someone, you know, believes that as a value that, you know, there are just certain things that cannot be questioned because they lead to uncomfortable thoughts or feelings. And that's, that's where I think that perspective of like, it has to go beyond just what the person believes. It has to be, well, is that actually answering to the truth of what authenticity is? Yeah. Is that answering to like you, you being honest with yourself and responding to the world in a manner that um, honors the fact that you can be wrong and there are new things to learn and, and, and things like that. So that's, that's kind of what comes to my mind when, when I think okay. about that. No, that's great. Uh, yeah. Continue to, um, you know, it sounds cliche, but continue to seek the truth, but also um, I just can't, <laughs> you know, I, I I can't go on without looking around and knowing that there's a lot of people, Robbie, that won't, that, that stop, that just, that just won't keep going. Um, I'm just, I'm just making mention of it. Maybe, maybe we'll come around over time to reinvigorate a conversation of a, of a monotheistic uh, conversation uh, and, and physicality. And we'll, we'll like, will bring that into the particular conversation and some of the things that you'll have to deal with on what we talked about, a knowledge acquisition, seeking truth, what is truth, biology, authenticity, because all those things, you know, jam and, you know, are you continually moving forward on that, right? So right. objective experience, the objective experience, et cetera. So. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, I mean, we could discuss like how many people would be necessary to like make this the case, but um, that almost kind of proves the point in a certain sense of like all these things that we've discussed, truth, knowledge, autonomy, liberty, biology, science, these are all hard or hard fought and one things like it almost requires that, you know, almost like in the physical fitness conversation, it requires that some people are going to be able to do a pull up. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be able to run two hours. Like, um, they are the exception rather than the norm. They are things that require effort and time to develop and cultivate and of necessity, you know, to even have any meaning to it. Cause if we just said, well, anyone who believes what they believe is authentic, well, that just means authenticity goes out the window, right? Yeah. That just, sure. like, That's what I'm saying. Out the window. That's what yeah, I'm saying. So like it, it has to answer, it has to answer to something. And you know, that that's where this notion of, you know, people can throw slings and arrows at it. Uh, about trying to collapse the distinction between perception and reality, but like reality, reality. And um, I think this connects with what we were saying about 
you know, fitness earlier um, in a way in which can be demonstrated more so than maybe with cultural things, um, you know, this just like brute physical fact. You can see it. Yeah, you can the either person can't can. run this. Yeah, yeah the exactly. iron never lies. Right. Exactly. T-shirt. Did uh, uh, did what's his face? Yeah, Henry Rollins. He already, yeah, if he doesn't have a T-shirt, we're we're taking that. Let's He's got it. the T-shirt. I think Jim Jones actually had it as a okay. T-shirt. Yeah, um, should have hung on to that one. Um, so we're we are going to get to uh, fitness helping someone be authentic. Um, yeah. I have never, never done this before, but I think I, I have to, I have to pause to use the bathroom. Is it possible we could try it, pause, and then come back? And oh, yeah. No problem how... at all. Okay. Give me a second here. I wonder if they'll hear the recording stop recording in progress portion. <laughs> um, if I, could, I, I should be able to edit it out if, if so. Cool. Well, thank you for that. So no um, if you do remember, you can set it up. I did have, uh, I think what we were going to talk about is fitness helping someone be authentic yeah yeah what yes. role does it play and um and uh I'll, I'll start us off by just something that i've taken i took down that i think fitness can help someone uh be that based upon our or actually just what we just discussed fitness has physical truths and limitations and or i should say the 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 you know the challenges and physical challenges, and it has insights into capabilities and constraints. So that is so along those lines, how can fitness help someone be authentic? You get to see, you get to see a portion of the real you. You know, like where the 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 person you are today, right? Like you can either run for 10 minutes or you can't. So you ran for seven minutes. That's a realistic, you know, aha moment of who you are, because there's a million other people who could run for six hours. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, that, and I'm not doing that as a relative comparison, but just so, you know, you know even if it came up in your mind, what's my level of fitness? Well, <laughs> just for this particular thing and that skill, <laughs> you came, you came 999,000 <laughs> out of, you know, so that's, that's like a, it's a it's a reflection in a in a in an ongoing to use your you know concept of chipping away uh the practice of fitness is a is an opportunity for people to chip away at at really seeing more about who they are who they really are hence the the thing authentic authenticity yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, I guess related to the very title fitness and philosophy, this is, uh, I don't know that too many people think of fitness as a method to investigate who they truly are and, you know, their deepest, most authentic self. But I mean, in a lot of ways, this is one of the more profound ways that you just can't get through other means um, of investigating who you are. And, you know, unlike, um you know, almost anything else you'd study in, you know, let's say a university or something like that, which always, almost always relates to culture. This deeply relates to biology, right? Yeah. Like to who yeah. we are. As, like we we are humans, whether yeah. we like it or not. Like that's yeah. deeply embedded in who we are. And, um, you know, this connects us to that aspect of ourselves. And it's much less subject to, um, 
you know, again, like we were talking about with the election and other things like with cultural items, there's a whole lot more debate and, you know, it's not that you can't resolve things in those cases, but it can get squirrely, but, you know, either did it or you didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. Um, and you know, what are you going to do after that? Are you going to deny the fact that you didn't do it? Or are you going to learn from it and do better? Yeah. That, that thing. Yeah. You're hitting on a good point there again, which we discussed in the show yesterday. Um, I think we even have a webpage for it now, live a larger life show.com. If it's not there, then it will be in the future. You can just research it. But yeah, we talked about that of, uh, the behavior, cause you just hit on the behaviors attached with what you're going to do about that awareness now. You know, like you either could lift it or you couldn't. And this is what we jammed on. And I think this is what I would I would create, you know, some judgment on actually. But this is what I want from individuals. You know, I want individuals, you know, learning from that aha moment of a little chip away at their most authentic self and then them giving it a middle finger, you know, and and creating this inspiration of continual effort of getting better you know and i th- i think that in your back end point on what are you going to do about that i.e the behaviors of that i think that is a great uh connector to a deeper more in my opinion and judgment a more refined version of your authentic self because you're you're willing to you know quote unquote trip up recognize the biological truths and then go well uh uh-huh yeah well i'm gonna make that better i'm gonna try to and so i think even by you giving effort right you know by you coming back and trying more each time um and not being stupid about it we can help you with that um then i think that you are chipping away at a at a at a better authentic version of yourself and hence you've been doing it right to your question, Robbie, you proposed, you've been doing that, uh, through the practice of fitness. Uh, one thing you, you did say that, you know, I took down, maybe I just forgot that, but do you really think that that's a a true statement that there is a lot of people that don't know that they could achieve, uh, periods of deeper levels of authenticity through physical struggles, you know, physical challenges that are proposed. Uh, Cause I, I, I know it. Right. But I, but you and I just kind of talked over it. Like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to say that you saw it this way, but we talked over it as if like, well, we know that there's something powerful inside of there. Right. But a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that. So I don't know if you wanted to give me some perspective on the numbers or use the, just the, you know, um, I just wanted to double click on it, right. To make sure that we're, we're agreeing that just a lot of people don't know about it, that there's this access to knowing more about yourself by going through physical challenges. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as a pure descriptive fact, like, you know, I, and I don't have the research to back this up, just anecdotal experience and us talking and things like that. But yeah, I would say something like, the vast majority, 90% of 90 plus percent of people have don't don't look at fitness in this way as a way to reveal deeper truths about themselves, you know, as we've talked about, it's, it's a band aid or things like that. Um, 
in a way in which, you know, people, I think the numbers would be higher for like people reading like philosophy or literature. Do you know what I mean? Where like, there is that notion of like, I, I am trying to improve or better myself for, yes. you know, get a sense of who I'm more authentically am um you know and going back to some of the conversations you've had about like how you know especially the past hundred years you know nothing wrong with the mind or the brain but that that has been up you know elevated at the expense of kind of the physical body but this is this is a different method of reaching uh authenticity and we could even say um you know i know we've said in other cases like is it almost a different kind? Do you know what I mean? Is it almost a, or is it almost a different thing that you just, you can't experience through other means? Like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that you have access to the same type of knowledge of yourself, just reading philosophy books that you do of like actually going out there and like exerting yourself and like, it's a, it's a different avenue to these things. So yeah. Yeah. yeah as, as You're a, speaking to the choir on that one, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to roll over it again to make yeah. sure that you know, it's something that's uh, that's actually out there. If you if you understand my questioning of it at this particular time too, you know, it's it's just something we got to continue to to to. And, and you raise you've raised a couple of uh, great things that help me language it. You know, to speak about it for you know my my thing that's really important to me is to is to raise the the deeper awareness for a lot more people on the importance of uh, us being bodies, right? And, uh, and our brain is our body and, and, and the, the connection to the importance of that, right? Um, but also not being afraid of getting into the weeds on, are we, are we you know, is it, is it we that live in a body? And then how, how, do, we, how do we work that through, you know, versus we are bodies? And right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, uh, yeah, anyways, great. It makes me think about a lot of things and I appreciate it uh, that I'll just put down, I'll put down the side here for me to just sit down and contemplate so it doesn't uh, jam us up. No, yeah, you're totally fine in that. I uh, I think I had had this at one point as a potential episode, but I, I may come back to it. I, I mean, <laughs> we haven't done one of the biggest ones yet, mind body, you know, yeah, like man. my mind realism and, and that, no, that whole. What, yeah, that's yeah. what, uh, yeah, that's that's our that's our lane, uh, for sure. You know, I I. Yeah, why not? Why haven't we? I mean, we're the body experts, right? <laughs> right, like we should have a say in this conversation. You know. Yeah. No, I I I, I no, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll make that just our maybe I'll make that our next one. But yeah, just as I'm thinking about it, like again to the fitness and philosophy co connection, like you know, we've talked about how fitness helps you be a more authentic version of yourself. It helps you be more autonomous. It helps you more critically think it answers questions about like who you are as a person. It has stances on like who we are, mind, body. like there are all these like deep philosophical questions about who we are that like intersect very closely with, you know, physical expression. Um, so yeah, this conversation is just reemphasizing to me kind of those, those connections. Awesome. I'm happy about that because I uh, uh, I love walking into those uh, waters. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Um, so yeah, I think you know, I think we both agree. It's 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 uh, in that way. It's it's not just like 
you know, and probably something we'll talk about on the mind body conversation. It's not like, Oh, we're just minds. And, um, you know, you know, we've got to do the, uh, three by 12 bicep curl to make sure the mind, you know, the brain doesn't like, uh, you know, die or something like that. It's like, no, this, this can be an access point to like authenticity and like who, mm-hmm. who we, who, who we truly are. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. Yeah, no, I got lots of, lots of room to go, uh, even parallels to continue on that because you started it, uh, to wet people's appetites, but the parallels in the well-accepted notions today in civilization of challenging the mind, growing the mind, right? It's just, it just, it just, it just falls in place. Uh, K to 12, learn so you can earn, you know, intelligence is the, is the defining factor. You know, all these, all these issues, right. Are because of lack of education. Like it's all, you know, it's, it's all in place. Right. And, and, and it, you're actually seen as an idiot, right. The village idiot, you come in, you're like, what about physical challenges? We're there. Yeah, we're at that point. So I'm pumped. Like visually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no, blood just... flow to my brain and my, yeah. my arms right now. <laughs> yeah. Just did some buys and fries and like, ooh. <laughs> well, on that point, I'm going to quickly jump to part three of your questions that sure, you did please. have around coaching yeah. and authenticity. Yeah. And the part three one was how does philosophical authenticity highlight the essential human component? of the coach-client relationship that cannot be captured by AI programming. And it was what I discussed of the bulging biceps. I think there is, uh, in the way we've defined authenticity in relationships inside of fitness for a coach when it's visceral. So it's this, like a, um, you know, the, the sharing of that, uh, and I, and I'm, and I'm comparing this to the AI version, right? The extreme version of a, let's call it a, it's further than a parasocial relationship, right? It's further than that. It's it's like the, there is a robot on the other end, you know, compared to that of the, uh, the power that's inside of the, of the, the deep seeds of a true authentic relationship between one person and another when they share uh, some of their largest challenges in their life together in an hour, you know, in person with one another, you know, to me, that is, and I, I love that actual situation. I'm very biased to it because I had, I really should have a better number on this, but thousands of hours like that. Right. So you can see where I sit on it. When you ask that question of the, you know, the authenticity or the level of authenticity on the coach's behalf, I think the deepest level of authenticity comes about when a coach is in person with another human and they're both working on those struggles, struggles of life and struggles of physical challenges and struggles of like how to become better, how to be better, how to try to improve oneself. Um, so that, that, in you know, uh, I'm not sure what your uh, what your thoughts are on that, or if you you have an example of that to give, or something that uh, that's connected to it for coaching and authenticity. Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree a lot with what you said, and I think um, you know the coach client relationship 
involves something that um you know it's just like what we're doing right now it's like it's it, you know i don't know maybe some westworld ai bot in 100 years will be able to replicate conversation and uh you know in westworld they talk about uh testing for fidelity like you know like you know i i, I know it's the real james if like i uh if i say pickleball and you broadhand slap me and i know it's not the real james if you're riding an e-bike and with a pickleball paddle but yeah but you'll even know right you'll even know uh we're testing for fidelity um to the original james um but at least as far as the entirety of human history and the foreseeable future of humans is concerned yeah there's um you know um programming isn't just about patterns and paces and you know sets and reps and stuff like that um it's about like, what do you most deeply value and why do you most deeply value it? And how does that change over time? And what did you most, you know, talking about authenticity changing, like, what did you most deeply value when you first came in to see me? And what do you most deeply value now that it's been a year in and like, you've been hit in the face by, you know, running and by the barbell and, you know, what, what's, what's your outlook on life uh, now? And uh, I don't think there's a macro calculator for, for that stuff. That's right. And that's going to require that uh, that authentic relationship between the coach and the client. That's the only way through on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to our original sort of, you know, thing we were saying about today about like how, what are some practical tips for people to become more authentic um, and through fitness, you know, one is, well, engage, experience, yeah. you know, do, do, do fitness and learn and then um, you know, coach client relationship, or even just discussing with others, like have these discussions about like what it is you deeply value and why you value it and why you want to engage in this thing. And, um, you know, even just the discussion back and forth. I mean, I've, you know, you and I have both thought about a lot of these topics very deeply, but I, I find it all the time where we hop on and we're discussing and we're like, Oh, I haven't thought about that. So yeah. like, there's, there's just like, there's truth in fitness experience. There's truth in, conversation and you know bringing these you know deepest authentic beliefs out into the light and then asking someone for feedback on them so yeah yeah and a good principle not uh not just from our show but just for coaches in general i hope they picked up on that um underneath coaching and authenticity you also asked how can a coach help a fitness individual get in touch <laughs> i don't know why i'm giggling at a fitness individual but all of a sudden i found that humorous how can a coach help a fitness individual get in touch with their own authenticity? And I had down, it's something we just discussed earlier, so we could just continue on after your uh, points after it, but um, ask them to ask more of themselves. So that's how a coach can help someone, right? Is is keep asking them to, to, uh, to, to not stop or get calcified, right? To, to keep asking more of themselves and, and be the person who guides them, right? Because people can get really jammed up on that one and think, oh, so it's just hard work pays off and it's just beat my head against the wall. It's like, no, I didn't say that. Let me, let me, clear, let me be more clear on it and align. I just want you to know that you don't know Right. And I want you to know that over time you will know more 
And that's certainly going to help you. But in order for you to be open-minded to know more over time, you got to keep trying, right? So we're going to reward effort, right? Um, and we're going to reward, um, and I want you to reward yourself for effort. So I, I think that would be my answer to it. How can a coach help a fitness individual get in touch or sorry, uh, get in touch with their own authenticity is, uh, keep asking them to ask more of themselves. Yeah. And in so doing kind of getting that experience that's necessary to, you know, be the crucible that chips away at, or like chips away and like the sense we were talking about before, not chips away and like makes them less themselves, but like oh. chips away at the, at the marble block to. Yeah. In, in they're like, way. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. you know, the aha moments you gotta, you gotta keep, keep striving for those about yourself. And I think that, um, yeah. Yeah. Chipping away and peeling the onion layers is not a good analogy, is it? We gotta, we gotta find something. We gotta find something different. Yeah. Analogy. Yeah. Um, like you, it's like you're putting learnings in a backpack, you know, it's like right. you're adding, you're not chipping away. It's like you're right. making more, but anyways. Yeah. Revealing who you, yeah, you are yeah. more self. Um, yeah. and you would say that the best way to do this is to do like uh King Kong one day and then filthy 50 the next day. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Or scaled versions because yeah. that's, what's going to get you to a virtuous movement. Grandma's um, needs do not differ in, uh, there's text in a booklet for that no but um, I, I mean that, that does go back to i just uh, just to clarify for people because you were saying this earlier and i just and then you said like we can help you with that like you, you were and I, oh, yeah. but I think important is like um when we say progressively go beyond what you can do we mean in a you know sustainable safe healthy way like yeah we didn't we didn't mean when we said like uh you know, um, challenging yourself, you know, you find the real you that you need to do, uh, you know, seal fit and the filter, do you know what I mean? Like that you don't need to like, cause there are, because there are people out there that think like, that's, that's what I need to do. Like, yeah, that, that was the, that was the pause I was putting on my comment. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. that, uh, and that's sold with a t-shirt today, right? Just, you know, be better every day. Uh, hard work pays off, be a better you, right. It's just, it's just language, but I'm just adding clarity to that. And, uh, you know, yeah, if listen, go back to our other podcasts, I'm going to push, I'm going to put responsibility back on people to go back in our other podcast because yeah. we've discussed that at length, right? What is that? What is potential? What is constant striving? Right. What is challenges? Where's the guardrails? How do we decide what is competency? What, you know, so yeah, I'm going to put the responsibility back on the person to, uh, to get that one. Your second question underneath coaching and authenticity was how, how can a coach maintain his or her authenticity in the face of competing interests of the fitness individual and societal pressures or pleasures uh, for the quick fix? Um, you didn't have pleasures in there. I should know that that was, uh, that was added. Um, well, I wrote down uh, for, for the coach, once you, once you know, you cannot know, unknow that, that aspect of, uh, you know, it goes back to our, our good back and forth we've had on uh, uh, independency, dependency versus autonomy, um, you know, and it makes me ask the question inside of that for uh, to to softball it to you possibly is a coach really authentic if they know 
that the client can be autonomous, but they're currently not. Um, and they're in that relationship. Yeah, it's a really good question. It's something I've thought about quite a bit. Yeah, because um, we've been we've we've curtailed this one numerous ways, right? On the autonomy piece, and uh, but but you've captured it in a in a in a unique question here, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. The answer it's too to easy. The it's too easy to even pick on like attention economy platform or marketing. It's that's, that's too easy. I think, you know. I think I personally think, and you know, let's preface this by saying both autonomy and authenticity can admit of degrees. We're not saying we're not saying it's binary. Like I think that's a necessary piece of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I personally think yes. Um, I I I do. I mean. Unless, you know, unless from the start, the jig is up with the very notion of a being, being a coach at all, is it authentic, right? And if we, if we say that the whole, the whole jig is up and yeah. I suppose that's a route to take, but um, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think just the same way there are different areas of endeavor and study. I think there are people who just get on differently in the world and how they interact. And some people um you know everyone knows walking is available to them like everyone knows that and yet they're not doing it so what what's what's the disconnect um you know for some for some people it's um they just genuinely don't want to for some people it's they want um different versions of fitness that they um enjoy and bring them pleasure and stress relief um mixed with things that physically you know challenge them on a regular basis um so yeah, I th I think I think there can be um, authenticity in that relationship, you know, especially if you approach it with, yeah, you want to be autonomous, go do it, go walk in the frocks, you don't need me, mm -hmm. yeah, go, yeah, <laughs> you know, don't talk about it, be about it, and yet, well, they they come back, and why do they come back? Well, you know, this is this is something that uh, they enjoy, and they enjoy the relationship, and the way that they can learn maybe more about themselves, not programming for themselves maybe getting a challenge that they didn't expect from someone else and having these conversations. Um, I also think it goes to these, this deeper question about like uh, the fitness profession more generally and just professions in general, where, you know, to use your frame or to use the framework that you often refer to about like, you know, apprentice master, like how authentic can the apprentice be when they're starting out? Do you know what I mean? Like when they're just trying to build something and then like, what is the freedom afforded to the person who's actually waded through those waters and now doesn't depend on their livelihood for this to, you know, be able to say, well, you know, you don't really need, so, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah, sure. there's those questions about like, um, to what extent, um, you know, can one be more authentic as their journey progresses? So yeah, those are just some initial thoughts there. Yeah, no, it's great because we're revisiting some of the things we talked about earlier on the show, right? Of this like experience that's gained, but still when you're 21, you're starting as a coach, you still really are. You're, you could be believing your most authentic version. We are saying that, right? We are saying it. It's just that, just be open to knowing more and learning more, yeah. right? That doesn't make you inauthentic, right? It just makes you recognize, oh, well, I'll just be a refined version of my authentic self in 18 years after thousands of clients. You know, that'll just be the case. And uh, um, anyways, it was, it was good to revisit it. I think that um, 
again, like all of our uh, shows, I'm appreciative of the um, the way to see the dependency and autonomy. And, and now we're putting another thing inside of it, right? Of the of the authentic version of someone um, when they're there. So I'm just I'm just happy about that. Um, Gosh, you did just indirectly segue in fitness professionalism and authenticity. Um, <laughs> I'm just giggling because of the 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 the, uh, the it's just such easy pickings, right? Because what is what is the fitness collective? You know, I think maybe we could we could start there. Just just that just ties back to the conversation the other day, which I like fell prey to, and like. Uh, committed one of the one of the biggest faults that I I dislike in questioning and debate but the the uh the pastor that was at the conversation of the day the question that I asked him um after we had open floor questions to ask is that um I said well first of all I'll make a recommendation the next time we have these kind of meetings we should actually clearly articulate and define you know what we're talking about with regards to religion Right. Because when you when you just like lump religion and then say, is are people less religious today? It's like, well, you know, what are we talking about there? You know, uh, what ideology could be considered religion today? You know, I, the, and there's I don't know how many different versions, you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, my point being is that I uh, I, you know, and he he didn't want to or he chose not to define it, you know. And I didn't like that. I was like, but no, it did, you know, we've all come to this room for, for a debate on this particular topic. You need to be in the room and create a definition of what you're calling religion. And if you can't, we can't, we can't hum and ha over stuff. So anyways, the, I have a hard, I'm, I'm making the mistake here. I have a hard time creating a definition of the fitness collective to even get to your point, Robbie, on fitness collective <laughs> and authenticity. Uh, Cause I think it's just too easy pickings that, it's like, I just see all the, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't pick, pick through all the, all the nasty shit inside of the version of fitness. Right. So. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Um, yeah. in the fitness, but I do want you to help me there. So we can get to what we're defining as fitness collective and then maybe jam on some of the, uh, should be obvious, I think issues with, uh, authenticity or inauthenticity inside of the fitness collective. Yeah. I mean, the fitness collective one may be harder to define or you know get a clear sense of although we can work towards it but i, th I think a, an easier one to at least start with that i was thinking just as you were saying is the fitness industry because mm -hmm. the fitness collective can include like just individuals out on their own and like um although to a certain extent it is kind of talking about this broad mass movement across times and places um but you know i know it's easy pickings to say like the fitness industry as a whole is inauthentic but i but i do think that's important to highlight not in the sense that we don't all recognize that that's going on, but like it like famously goes on on like SNL and other things like that in a way in which it doesn't always with other industries. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's like a running joke about, you know, shake wagons and hula hoop stuff and mm -hmm. yep. you know, all these different fads and crazes yep. and things like that in a way in which they're not, um, you know, people, I mean, obviously any comedian will make jokes about different professions, but you know, uh, I don't hear as many jokes about like philosophers have lots of crazy and weird stuff about them, but being on inauthentic generally isn't one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas I feel like as a whole today, 
the fitness industry or, you know, and a lot of it's a business as opposed to philosophy, which is academia, kind of a business, kind of not. But with fitness industry, it's, it's famous for being this kind of inauthentic, you know, um, kind of get rich quick scheme uh, in a way in which not all other endeavors are. So maybe that's, that's a place to, to start about um, what we mean when we're talking about like, fitness more broadly or as, as yeah. a whole in this connection. Yeah. So I'm glad, you know, you just summarized what I knew to be just, it's too easy, right? It's just too easy to answer that if that's what we're defining as the fitness industry that I'm agreeing with, with everything you have in place is extremely inauthentic. Um, and so maybe we could, maybe we could discuss that is like, well, well, no, we already have discussed it because I have discussed what I think authentic fitness is, right? So what would what would the authentic fitness collective be? <laughs> a recognition of, you know, uh, these daily physical challenges that people can participate to try to make something more of themselves for their whole life, right? That's the, that's the authentic <laughs> version. So is that taking place today? Oh my gosh, you know, again, it comes back to our point of all or some small amounts, large amounts, extent, you know, the how many? Gosh, it's a, uh, it's horrible. Um, yeah. So it is too easy to answer. It's just, uh, it's not a lot of it, but well, I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. My apologies. No, cause I, I was going to move on. So I think you have a, a point. Yeah. The only other thing I was just going to say there was, I was just going to say that, um, you know, going back to our original point of like, how can we help people move practically towards more authenticity. I think one of the central things here that you could highlight, and again, that's a sliding scale of like, don't breed dependency. Yeah. That's, 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 that's one of the central pieces. Like, I think one of the reasons why the fitness business comes off as inauthentic is I personally don't believe, and I, I think we've discussed this before. Like, I don't believe if, you know, someone has the opportunity to, and if coach says, yeah, you don't need me, go do it on your own. And they decide, Hey, this is something I enjoy and I want to do and helps me get along. I don't, I don't personally believe there's anything inauthentic about that. Uh, I do believe there is something inauthentic about saying you need such and such supplement for health and longevity when you don't, or you need, you know, such and such fitness thing. And like, you need this recurring subscription when, you know, if a client asks me tomorrow, do I need this to live a long, healthy life? No, you don't. You can go do it on your own. I'll be very honest about that. So I, I think that that's kind of a, and that goes to the heart of like truth, authenticity versus business, right? Business in a certain sense requires the recurring revenue, the subscription, the, and like, you know, it's hard for, it's the Upton Sinclair quote. It's hard for someone to understand something when their salary depends on them not understanding it. Um, so there's that push and pull. So I think an ethical or authentic or true way to engage in it is to, you know, be honest with those you interact with about it and then, you know, let them come to their own decision about how they want to engage. So, yeah, no, awesome. It gives me hope too, for, uh, the newer versions of, uh, of, uh, my education over time, you know, towards what the language has been for the past couple of years of like, you know, sure. These things are in place that help you like, you know, just, keep the machine turning but you know then when you get on the calls with me i'm like no you know uh keep pushing away from those particular dependent systems right keep keep moving towards independency and asking 
yourself to learn more and asking those bigger questions. So yeah, um, I like the way you've uh, you phrased that. Now I see uh, with regards to Fitness Collective and authenticity, there was a couple of different directions. And the second one on my page anyways, wasn't filled out. Um, you know, I, I, but I did have, you know, a thought on the, how can we as fitness individuals and coaches influence the fitness collective to be more authentic as a whole. Um, I would use a, you know, to summarize too, for today, a cliche statement um, of, you know, it just starts with the person in front of you. You know, I think, I think if a coach really, you know, um, wants to learn more, use all the terminology we did today, you know, know that you don't know, but be open to learning more over time, spreading your wings, trying um, your being as best authentic self you can. And I think that, you know, how we can, you know, make a quote unquote a dent because you asked it on the fitness collective, I think is for each of those coaches to work as hard as possible on that one person in front of you um, and really be present and give them 100%. And even, even with that, you are, you are, uh, it's felt, it's felt deeper than you think it is, right? Because the, the deeper your convictions and your beliefs become on, are you being your authentic self? It's felt on that other person. And then if it's felt on that other person, you're giving them insight into dependency and autonomy and this really big, powerful word, which is freedom, right? And that even extends beyond them because now they leave that room and the little couple of minutes that you took to discuss that, that could bleed to their partner or their family or their community, right? So you could, you could say, well, how do I affect that, that bullshit that I see? Just look at the person who's in front of you as a client and be, be present, be a hundred percent and do the best you can with what you guys are working through right now. That's how you affect change on it. If that sounds like a nice kumbaya uh, moment for us yeah, all. No, no, I like that. And then it, yeah, it kind of builds up. And yeah, I, I know exactly what the second part of that okay. direction was that. Uh, and I think part of the reason I didn't type it up is because I was hesitant about it even being a realistic thing in our lifetime, but it was the reverse. How could okay. the fitness collective make us as fitness individuals and coaches? Like how, you know, imagining some 200 year or hundred year in the future uh scenario where fitness and philosophy is being played as the call to prayer along the uh on the loudspeakers like we discussed um no but yeah there's this there is this interesting question that that that, that does happen in other endeavors right where like uh you could say the political endeavor right where uh the government can advocate for the individual uh, it, can, it can get Harry here, but like, you know, belief leads to totalitarianism. Belief can lead to totalitarianism. Like, think about it this way: like, you know, uh, an individual or a collection of individuals has no power against Facebook and their privacy practices, but the government can. So, like, the the reverse question that I was thinking about, but I was like, well, how realistic would this possibly be? Is you know, maybe at some future ideal point in time, how could the fitness collective? or that overarching fitness system shape individuals in such a way that, you know, uh, you know, folly smack in the face, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're going to be a hula hoop instructor smack. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a, we're talking about the first question you answered was direction, like bottom up. The other one was kind of top down. So, yeah, no, that, that's, 
I, I love even that thought process. It brings up the words of, I just discuss of deconstruction and reformation and radicalization ideas. Um, and I'm, I'm not, as you know, I'm not uncomfortable with discussing that for, for, uh, uh, you know, a future possibility, uh, yeah. you know, Hey, you know, um, cause there's a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of things inside of that, that may, may land people in a better spot with that concept or idea. So yeah. Is, uh, and it's totally fine if the answer is yes to this, but, uh, going back to our discussion about the, the t-shirts is, is OPEX legal and going to squat me down if I, uh, go on the t-shirt site and create an OPEX North Korea t-shirt? <laughs> uh no not uh well i'll just say this i won't have anything to do with it yeah if i'll any, get a cease if anyone says. does show up i got nothing to do with it okay. it won't be. <laughs> and i actually won't uh make it obvious that it's, that it's there <laughs> and available oh my gosh that would be that'd be hilarious so good it would be even more intelligent though if it was uh, a city in north korea Right, OPEX, whatever. Oh, Pyongyang. Yeah, Pyongyang. Yeah. Yeah. That would be even better. Yeah. Everyone physically expressing patterns and paces. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, offline, I gotta send you this uh, meme. Uh, friend sent on um, with the dark outs they're having in California, and a meme that had. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the obvious inference here is uh, Florida as South Korea fully lit up like a Google map. And then there's this dark line. <laughs> and you know, you know what state is in the other one. Yeah. Um, anyways, gosh, it's funny. funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. It is funny. Yeah. It's a joke, guys. It's a joke. It's humor. Um. Fitness, business, and authenticity. Marketing in general poses a challenge to authenticity, especially in the fitness realm. Yeah, gosh, I think the uh, that's that's that does tie into the fitness collective and the business practices and what you discussed earlier, right? The difference in maybe in philosophy and the questions we'd ask versus you know the uh, the business mechanics. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, Gosh, I don't even know where to start on that. The because we are we are so far deep down, especially on the base support of the digital age, for uh, the attention economy, like just being inside of the inside of the thing uh, that we're now, you know, listening to. Uh, I would call her an expert in this area, uh, Candace Hudspeth, who's at uh, OPEX now, talking about. Um, uh, uh, user generated content yesterday and seeing how individuals are putting this information together to kind of like say, Hey, I'm out there, you know, yeah. that whole process to me, it's exhausting, you know, because yeah. I, I'm approaching it with like, Whoa, 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 your entire, uh, the entire process of you becoming a coach is not to stick your neck out of a crowd. And everyone's like, oh no, 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 that's what the, that's what your that's the primary thing as a coach. I'm like, no, it's not. That's not because everyone is like has good arguments back. It's like, well, how do you expect us to get clients? It's like, <laughs> you know, I can tell you this: 
how do you expect to dig yourself out of a bunch of bullshit after a couple of years? Right. That's that's the that's the question you should also be asking. Right. When you're not even saying, well, what do I believe in? Right. Do I believe in relationships? Do I believe in autonomy? Do I believe, you know, what I'm saying like it. it so the, the marketing thing comes in here as like a, a really current, inauthentic method um, where I'll give the same, you know, maybe opposing uh, point of view and maybe a, an inspiration to like, well, what do we do? Like our previous point on the fitness collective and authenticity is I would say, uh, don't be afraid of going door to door. Don't be afraid of like in the concept of door to door, right? Uh, not like creepily door to door, depending upon where you live, but um, like getting out into your community, right? Like actually walking down the street, right? And visiting people, you know, uh, maybe, you know, getting an opportunity of this 20 minutes where you have to become a master uh, of a 20 minute chat with uh, a bunch of uh, grade nine folks in a middle school. Right where you come in as the as society's version of Jack Lane, right? Where you're you're entertaining, you're a role model, you're empathetic, but you're all you also can speak to. The, so about the point I'm making there is that that is is marketing, right? That can be marketing. You know what I'm saying? But we're we're so like, oh, I thought it was just, just stay on your phone and do your own 30 second video and like, boom, you know, pay this company to do this, you know, CRMs and UGCs and and next thing you know, you're like, what the hell? You know, I don't want these people. How in the hell did they get in front of me? That's not what I wanted. As a, you know, it's all to make the buck, right? When in the end, why didn't you just go down and have that, you know, kid in grade nine? go home and be like, yeah, we had this guy, Brandon, uh, show up. I, I just used Brandon. I just thought of him being in that place. Sorry, Robbie. We had this guy, Robbie showed up. He freaking picked up this freaking stone in front of us. It was mind blowing. I thought his eyes were going to pop out, you know, and he discussed with us, uh, you know, physical challenges and like what people were doing in physical challenges 2000 years ago. And like what we do for physical challenges today. Right. And that parent goes, you know, the parent can see that that kid was really deeply inspired by that content. So my whole point being, that is, in my opinion, the ultimate form of marketing. Is that what you did right there? Because your intentions, to tie it all together, your intentions were authentic, right? Because you're acting as a role model, as a coach of being an educator in a, in a big part of society. Right, a big part of civilized society today. And in your mind, yes, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of that that I agree with. In your mind, is it just a conceptual contradiction to approach the digital realm, even if it's locally, with a similar attitude of education, discussion, people you just might otherwise be able to reach? Is it just inherently inauthentic to do that digitally? No, but it's so it's almost like the it's not binary, right? It's it's like a continuum of like yeah. of pieces. But that's why I went to the far other side, right? Robbie in front of the class, analog. You know, right. I don't have a business number. My business is called this. Just find it. Right. You know? Like yeah. that's the so that is there iterations? Yeah, there's iterations. Common, you know, uh, current accepted technology, but maybe here this will blow your mind. Maybe. You get the kids to uh, do a TikTok video of you lifting the rock, 
Oh yeah. You see, now so, it's like a, it's like, well, you're speaking to them, right? You're, you're like, uh, and I, I, I mean this because this is important because I have girls who are around that age, right? And my girls tell me about that. People come in and visit and they do things and I can tell in them they have been moved, right? They're moved. They're, they're really moved. And I think to myself, wow, how powerful that was that they got to see that person. But I keep saying that and I'm tying in the TikTok thing because one police officer did this to, with them. And but the power of it was he recognized to your question, right? He needed to speak to them in the language that they would understand. Right. So I think that's what you were possibly getting at there is like, well, where do these things fall in relative to today? And no, I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater and that digital platform that we're a part of. But I would like us to be a little bit more intelligent in how we go about doing it. That's all I would ask, you know. I know I would, I would agree with that. And I mean, I'm I'm all for the youth and the youngins doing the TikTok stuff and uh, you know. We can we can present the stuff and then they translate it because yeah that uh, I think uh, I mean most of us and you know, I know I know Brandon has said this I, I know Sam Smith has said it I know you've said it like uh, least favorite part of the or one of the least favorite parts of the profession is having to engage in that and it goes back to the authenticity conversation it's because you feel like in order to in order to say what you need to say or say what you want to say, you have to say something else to get someone to listen to eventually the thing that you want to say. That's, that's, that's kind of the, that's yeah. the, the <laughs> and I, I just quickly get to the far side of it. I was like, yeah, you eventually will have to show off your penis, right? I'm basically like you, that you you got to go to the far down road. Yeah. That's where only eventually you end up. And the only reason why I say that it does happen actually at a high percentage amount, you would, you know, secretly people will, will figure it out over time, <laughs> not secretly, <laughs> but they'll figure it over time that you do start. And I think that's what we work. Cause I think that's the hesitancy. What you just discussed is that this, uh, what do we want to call it? A parasocial relationship, right? It, it, we have hesitancy in hesitancy in that relative to the time that we want to spend on really meaningful relationship building and conversations right i think that's what yeah. we're and it's not it's not the extreme end of it of the showing off your body parts piece but we sniff it we're like oh man it's like i think i think i'm inside the system that we have to go that direction right i.e like oh you gotta stick your neck out you know gotta be right. unique, you know right and i mean yeah and the different versions of it and how does it hit like you know i think of uh i think on opex instagram they're rerunning it now like those ones that you do water hydrate your, you know that, yeah. that that type stuff and it's like um you know it, it does make me want you know there there is kind of the negative aspect of like edutainment and things like that but at the other end it's like there's a whole lot of people who don't want to read it you know an encyclopedia or a dictionary about like drink half your body weight announces and like you know just this okay here's this bullet point and that's that's very much how i i think is like i mean i'm, I'm very much in that mode but people will, res I think people will respond more to like that type of video that you filmed, which is, you know, it's, it's talking about something you believe it's authentic, but it engages with them in a way in which it's kind of like, it's, it's a, it's a jab at fitness inauthenticity from, you know, drink Gatorade or Powerade or what have you. 
but in a way in which it um, also still drives its main point home. So part of when we're having these conversations, it makes me think of like, to what extent does, um, you know, you don't want to be the, you know, no one wants to be like the dancing clown up there and just kind of like, you know, dancing for no reason. But at the same time, like, to what extent does entertainment or um, engagement with that knowledge reach someone in a way in which they might not otherwise be reached by like a, a dictionary definition or encyclopedia. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yep. It does make sense. And uh, you just made me go down memory lane of appreciating all the reader's digest and uh, encyclopedia Britannica that filled my brain when I was, uh, you know, a youngin. I, uh, you just brought back some good memories there. So I appreciate that of uh, some, some authentic learning, having uh, my dad's vinyls uh, on in the background, you know, some Zeppelin or uh, Beatles and uh, flipping through those majestic, you know, whatever the home version was of your local seller of the <laughs> encyclopedia, you know, what a beautiful life that was. We can all be INTPs, James. <laughs> I don't know your Myers-Briggs, but I'm guessing there's an NT in there somewhere. And no, I know there's an NT in there for me. Oh yeah. No, you know yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but that, but that, that, that is something I think about is like, well, yeah, I, that, that, that is how my mind works and engages and that's the stuff I like. And then it's like, well, how do I reach people who don't think that way? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Cause you keep questioning me on it, which I appreciate helps me be a better free thinker. I appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, we accomplished that. And we also, um, as I think it's become our MO over time to find stuff inside that we can build upon. And I think we did that also. We got some new stuff coming up that uh, I'm looking forward to covering. So uh, with that, I hope uh, individuals heard, um, you know, at least a, a take or a perspective on the concept of authenticity. First on the last episode, how it was involved with regards to the, uh, you know, should I say the traditional concept of philosophy and how that how that fits in, and then, uh, you know, where it fits into fitness today, we we jammed on multiple different angles. If anyone out there thinks that, um, you know, we can approach the fitness and authenticity angle from a different, you know, or something that you know in maybe down the chain we could have you know, hit on, uh, don't hesitate to ask. We can come back and do a part three and, and go into that angle. So we appreciate yeah. that feedback and, um, I'll, I'll speak for you and say, cause I know it, we're always open to that. We're up for that. Um, to challenge it, dig into a little more, a little deeper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We yeah. love that. So yeah, I'll feel, feel free to reach out. Cool. Uh, so, uh, until next time, thanks again, Robbie. Yeah. Thank you so much, James.